0: Seismic shifts have hit our society, leaving people unmoored from truth. In the midst of the confusion in our culture, followers of Jesus are called to be unshaken, Psalm 62.2, and unashamed, Romans 1. 16. This focus will help equip us to become convictional, courageous, and compassionate. Like all worldviews, Christianity influences our ideas, beliefs, convictions, and habits. Grounded in truth and lived out in God's grace, our faith has the potential to transform our own lives and ultimately help transform a broken world. Christianity is not merely a comforting story with some nice moral teachings taken to be true on blind faith. The Christian worldview is both true and can be shown to be a reasonable faith based on evidence. God has acted within history to demonstrate that He alone is the true God who is worthy of following. Because of this, all Christians are called to be able to give a defense for their beliefs, done in such a way that is Christ-like and being respectful and compassionate. Welcome to On Mission, the preaching ministry of Edgewood Baptist Church in Rock Island. When we gather together, we meet on 38th Street. And when we're scattered, we strive to live on mission all over the Quad Cities area. We're continuing in our Unshaken and Unashamed series in a message called Your Identity is Essential. Here's our main idea. Our world teaches that people can be whoever they identify themselves to be. The word of God teaches, you are who God says you are. Parents, I wanna give you a heads up that parts of the sermon may not be appropriate for younger children as we'll be learning about sexuality and gender matters.
1: Let's begin today with a quote from Martin Luther. This is what Luther said. If, we, if I profess with loudest voice, and clearest exposition, every portion of the word of God except that little point which the world and the devil are at that moment attacking, well, then I am not confessing Christ, however boldly I may be professing Christ. Where the battle rages, there the loyalty of the soldier is proved and disgrace if he flinches at that point. As a church, we want to be faithful and not flinch as the battle rages around the idea of identity today. We will not avoid talking about those areas where the devil is attacking at this very moment. And so we're committed to be convictional when preaching about sin and compassionate towards sinners which includes me and you. We're going to be unshaken in our faith and unashamed of the gospel as we remain anchored to the truth even as the waves of cultural change wash over us and the undercurrents and riptides of an untethered culture sweep myriads of people out to sea. Many today seem obsessed with identity. Identity. From personality tests to Enneagram inventories, it seems like everyone is searching for something to tell them who they are and where they belong. This week, I did some research, which means I did a Google search, (laughs) and I just typed in this phrase or this question, what do you identify as? Now, I thought the number of results would be high, but I was shocked, unprepared, when it came back with 8.6 billion, with a B, hits. Identity is quite powerful, because it relates to who we are and why we're here. It's how we define ourselves. It clarifies our purpose in life. And contrary to our culture's confusion, identity is not self-declared. It's not self-developed. It's given to us by our maker and by our redeemer. So the topic of identity is a huge issue in our culture today. Many suggest that we can find our identity by looking inward, Others proclaim that identity is wrapped up in what we do, our occupation, or with what we have, our possessions. Still others equate identity with gender or sexuality. James Jeffrey writes this, the great tragedy in such thinking is its reductionism, It shrinks a person from being an intelligently designed, unique, and beautiful image-bearer of God to the mere product of sexual instincts. Is there anything more animalistic than reducing a person to the sum of their sexual desires? Now, before I go much further, I need to take a drink of water. (laughs) Let me be quick to say We are not out to clobber sinners. We're not. While we're not affirming of people in their sin, we're all about welcoming sinners. And so today, maybe you're sitting here or engaging online and you're struggling with gender or sexuality issues. We want you to know that we're here to help. You see, the Bible says we're all sinners and Jesus died for all sins. So, for us to be in thinking about this, let's just ponder a few questions. Can greedy people come to church? Of course. Can those who've committed adultery attend? Absolutely. How about gossips? Well, I'm sure we have our fair share. Listen, if you struggle in any way, you are welcome here. And yet, we will not affirm anyone in their iniquity. We only affirm Jesus and not any other human because none of us are without sin. Let me say it another way. We don't celebrate sin, but we welcome sinners. And so the glory of the gospel is that Jesus grants forgiveness and freedom along with healing and hope when we repent of our sins and receive him as our Lord and Savior. Recently, on the briefing podcast, Al Mohler highlighted the Oxford Safe Churches Project. This was published in the Times of London just two weeks ago. Here's the headline, LGBT ratings for churches. The story goes like this, quote, and I'm referencing the article, Oxford students have rated local churches based on how safe they are for gay and transgender. The students awarded scores after analyzing sermons and blog posts and speaking to worshipers. So here's how they did this. Oxford arguably would be like the second top university in England, and so these students spread out, listened to sermons online, and talked to people in various churches, and they decided to use like a traffic light system. They gave churches either a red light, a yellow light, or a green light. So, using that system, churches like Edgewood would receive a red light. Why? Well, because we hold to the biblical teaching that the practice of homosexuality is sinful. In this scale, even though we strive to be compassionate towards sinners, Edgewood would receive a red light because we contend for biblical Christianity, speaking truth about sin and offering grace to sinners. According to their scale, churches that receive a green light have, quote, so this is a quote from the article in the Times of London, quote, they have internalized a queer identity and a large number of LGBTQ plus people lead the church. That's a green light. Now, listen to what Moeller said in response to all that. People are going to be taking names, and they're going to be keeping score, and the entire criterion for being declared on the right side of history, so to speak, is full unequivocal support of the normalization of all LGBT behaviors, relationships, the entire agenda. It's something like an alarm going off. It's a siren that's now being heard. And then Muller says this, it's coming for your town. In one sense, it's coming for your church. And we're going to know where every church stands in very short order. Brothers and sisters, this is not a slippery slope moment. This is a tipping point moment. In order to bring this home, here are some ways in which the evil one is doing his insidious work of attacking identity issues in our children and in our grandchildren. And it's important for parents and grandparents to be informed and equipped in two weeks, when we end this series, we're gonna have a panel discussion with parents and grandparents, and we're gonna focus on how do we apply this? How do we take what we've been learning out about a biblical worldview and help our children and our grandchildren? Speaking of grandparenting, I highly recommend the Legacy Grandparenting Summit that's going to be held at Grandview Church in Davenport, October 21st and 22nd. Uh, We hosted that conference. We did that for two years. It's a national conference. It's simulcast. um, I encourage you to check that out. Now, I came across some deeply disturbing information that I want to pass along because it deals with our children. But before I do, I don't want to assume that you know my heart, and so let me just try to explain a little bit. I'm not prone to be an alarmist. I'm not wired that way. But I am alarmed, and so I'm going to sound an alarm. So here's the first. I could pick many examples. I'm going to choose three. Disney Junior series Muppet babies, aired an episode in 2021 showing Gonzo wearing a dress to a royal ball. Gonzo names himself Gonzarella, and he says, quote, I don't want you to be upset with me, but I don't want to do things just because that's the way they've always been done either. I want to be me. Miss Piggy apologizes she tells Gonzo, well, it wasn't very nice of us to tell you what to wear. Then she says she wants to get rid of the royal handbook. Ooh, that's chilling, because it makes me think of the Bible. She wants to get rid of the royal handbook and make a better one, to which Summer Penguin remarks, and in our new handbook, Everyone can come to the ball dressed however they like. So you think, oh, that's just a cartoon. Let me share with you what the executive producer said about it. Quote, even early on, we wanted to do an episode where Gonzo just showed up to the playroom wearing a skirt. And it was no big deal. No one cared or questioned it. And it was so wonderfully gonzo. Listen to these next words. They're chilling. We hope he inspires kids watching to be 347% of themselves. I don't even know what that means. In their own way too. Second example, producers of Sesame Street have gone all in on Pride Month. Here's just one quote, quote, everyone is always welcome on Sesame Street. This month and every month we want to uplift and celebrate the LGBTQIA plus members of our community, from our family to yours, happy, hashtag pride months. They added an S to it because they believe every month should be pride month. Example number three, and this is very current. Earlier this year, the makers of Paw Patrol released a spin-off series called Rubble and Crew. That series is now in its second season, and the series recently introduced the show's first non-binary character, River. The episode aired on August 22nd. That's just weeks ago. Lynn's Ammer, a writer for the show, leads an organization called Queer Kid Stuff. When asked about the character River that she wrote into the show, these are her words. Quote, I wanted to write a non-binary character that was aspirational. Aspiration means That people would aspire to, that kids would wanna be like. I wanted to write a non binary character that was aspirational and incredibly cool, someone for the pups and kids at home to look up to. I'm also compelled to briefly mention, and it pains me to do so, I don't do this with any pleasure. Do this with great sadness. How Christians in our culture are capitulating to culture. I've been challenged by something Albert Moeller said this week. Christians should find no joy in addressing theological error. But passivity in the face of serious error amounts to complicity. Whoa. So here are just two examples. I could have chosen more. How many of you remember the group Cademan's Call? It's a contemporary Christian group. Derek Webb, former lead singer, has just released a song called Boys Will Be Girls, which celebrates gender transition and drag. Here's the final verse. So, if a church won't celebrate and love you, they are believing lies that can't save you or them. And this next one, I take no joy in sharing this North Point Community Church in Atlanta. Under the leadership of Pastor Andy Stanley, recently hosted a conference with practicing homosexuals as speakers. I listened to Andy Stanley's sermon from last weekend because there's, if you've been online, you've seen it. The sermon he preached after the conference, I heard him defend the conference and imply that homosexual marriage is okay. And you're like, why are you calling him out? Here's why, because many of you have read or listened to Andy Stanley. And I'm cautioning you. We've removed him from our Right Now media. We did that several months ago. So my guess is this long introduction has gotten your attention. We're calling this message, Your Identity is Essential. Here's our main idea. Get this. Settle it in here so that you know it when you're out there. Our world teaches that people can be whoever they identify themselves to be. That's what our world teaches. The word of God teaches you are who God says you are. John Stone Street offers this commentary. Our real, well, I, pre, I just want to, the, the clapping there. I, I think I understand what's behind it because you, you, want, you want truth to be told in our culture, but you know who you should clap for? Our teenagers and our young adults. Yeah. So us, us old people, I mean, it's hard for us too, but can you imagine Growing up today in our culture and standing up for purity and saying that you're standing on the biblical definition of marriage and that God made two genders, that's who we should be clapping for and praying for and encouraging in our ministry here, our children's ministry, all the way up through mainspring. John Stone Street offers this commentary. Our real cultural crisis is a catastrophic, culture-wide loss of meaning. Now we are living with the existential results, this is what we have now, of a culture untethered from God and therefore untethered from any fixed reference point for truth, morality, here's the word, identity, and meaning. By turning identity into a self-made sort of thing into whoever we want to be or whoever we say that we are or feel that we are well that's no grounding for dignity and value Since we must always begin at the beginning we turn again to the book of Genesis the book of beginnings this is the fixed reference point that you and I must be tethered to. And I'm drawing some insight from a couple messages I preached a year ago from a series we called Back to the Beginning where we walked through the first three chapters of Genesis verse by verse. If you want to do a deeper dive on this topic, you could go to our website or our app, and read or listen or uh, watch the sermon called Gender Matters, where we took an entire message and focused on that. That was preached this past November. For our purposes today, open up your Bibles to Genesis 1, verse 26. Then God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. Would you notice how this begins? Then God said. It's as if there's this solemn pause after God formed and filled the earth. You can read about that in the verses that come right before this. And as God is considering creating man and woman, you get the sense that there's anticipation building and we get ready to hear what God is going to say next. Let us make man. That phrase let us is an emphatic imperative. It can be translated as we will. It's like God is consulting within himself before creating man. Now, up until this point, God's speaking has been intentionally measured. You see this phrase, let there be and there was. With the creation of man, oh, it becomes more intimate, magnified. The plural use of us is early evidence for the Trinity, Trinity, as is the Hebrew name Elohim, which is in the plural, the word said is singular, signifying that there is plurality within oneness. One pastor captures it well. God, who is one, communes with himself, the Father to the Son, the Son to the Spirit, the Spirit to the Father, and in perfect agreement, Adam and Eve were created. By the way, in November, we're going to be preaching a series on who the Holy Spirit is and what he does. Now, the word make means to accomplish or complete. It referred to an activity with a distinct purpose or goal in mind. The word for man, Adam, Adam. That's the generic term for mankind, but it's also the proper name, Adam, Adam, which refers to the first created male. Humans were the last of God's created creatures. They're the crowning achievement of creation. So consider animals, they're made according to their kinds. Humans, well, they're in a class way above all other creation. We are the crescendo of God's creative genius. And in addition, the creation of man and woman is narrated with greater detail in Genesis chapter two. No other part of creation is given this much attention. Okay, look now at verse 27. So God created man in his own image in the image
0: of God he created him male and female he created them thanks for joining us for on mission if you'd like to listen to this message again you can now download episodes on apple podcasts or spotify by going to edgewoodbaptist.net we'd love to have you as a guest at one of our three weekend services saturday at 5 or sunday at 9 or 10:45 My name is Matt Williams, and I'm a member of Edgewood. Ethan Curry, also an Edgewood member, is serving as the producer of this program. We look forward to connecting with you again next weekend as we learn more about how to live on mission. Until then, go deep in God's Word and keep applying it to your world. On Mission is furnished by Edgewood Baptist Church in Rock Island.